welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I have a very special guest with me today, Amanda Davison, the founder of A Wife Like Me and author of Dear Wife, 10-Minute Invitations to Practice Connection with Your Husband. Welcome, Amanda. Hey, everyone. It is so awesome to be here. Thanks for having me, Denise. Sure thing. You know, I have to tell everyone, I do have a cold. If you hear it in my my voice, and I kind of was tempted to tease, so I'll go ahead and do it because I had this in my mind too, to introduce it in the nice low bass voice that I have. Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to do the best I can. I, I It's really, um, I've been down and sick for a few days, but Amanda and I met at She Speaks in 2016, and it has been a joy to watch how God is using her to heal marriages and inspire women to be godly wives. So Amanda, let's start with the title of your book, Invitations to Practice Connection with Your Husband. Notice I emphasize the word practice. <laughs> when we first get married, we're not thinking we will need to practice connection, right? We naively think that the passion and love we have will thrive in a marriage and can become disillusioned when we realize that marriage takes work and intentionality. Practicing is such a utilitarian word, Amanda, and yet it offers hope. If connection was solely a natural occurrence for only a lucky few couples, there would be no hope for the rest of us who, who recognize the natural drift that we all can experience and our need to be intentional when it comes to connection. So Amanda, what are some ways you practice connection with your spouse? That's hmm. uh, a good question. And, you know, I want to say first that you mentioned, you know, the, the importance of the word practicing. And I just think that that is something that we are not taught. Mm. And when I, when I think of practice, I think of really practicing discipline. You know, it's a self-discipline that I think we've lost along the way. And, you know, it's just not being modeled very well today, I don't think. At least I've had to work on that. And um, especially with just the day we live. Um, And so, you know, it's important that we actually um, want to practice something different, practicing connection. I think, you know, we what I notice in myself and what I notice just in the world we live in and the circles we are in is that we expect something different. We, we want a result in our marriage or just in relationships with people in our lives. We want the result without having to do the work. Mm. And, um, you know, we work so hard in so many areas uh, of our lives whether it's at our job or raising our kids or wherever it is, we, we put in a lot of energy and time in our day toward certain things. And we see fruit in those areas of our lives oftentimes, or at least some fruit, even if it's not good fruit, we know it's, you know, we put in energy there. And whereas with our marriages, uh, what we often see is that couples are expecting, you know, positive results and changes without really (laughs) investing in or changing anything, you know, in their marriage. So when you say, you know, what are the things that we do in our marriage to practice connection? We, we just can't experience something different without, or, or we can't experience something different by doing the same thing. So for, for my husband and I, it, it really took that 
awareness that if we want something different, it means we have to change what we're currently doing. But I also want to encourage the listeners that it does not have to be big. It does not have to mean that we take a trip to the Caribbean or, I mean, it could, that'd be great, but (laughs) it doesn't mean that we have to do something big. It's really micro moments of our day where we are changing something and we're just intentional about it. So it could be very simply making a special dinner. It could mean stopping at that meat store and getting a special steak or whatever and making something special. Just We're just going to change up the routine. It could mean uh, for my husband and I, uh, putting the kids down and then we eat something special, just us, you know, our phones are off and it's just us. Um, that is changing up our routine. We're not eating with the kids. We're not eating the same thing they're eating. It's just something different. Um, it could mean meeting for lunch, um, sending a juicy text that I normally wouldn't send or that he normally wouldn't send or respond to, you know, um, it could mean just turning our phone off. And and those are some things that typically, you know, we don't think to do, but when we do do these little small things, it really does bring a lot. Because again, we can't get something different by doing the same thing. So making small adjustments, um, intentionally thinking about something to change the status quo of the mundane that, you know, that we're maybe in makes a difference. So it's really just the small things that can bring a lot of connection. Well, that's so good, Amanda, because I think a lot of times we can be overwhelmed with all that we see we need to do in our marriage and just small steps. And as you emphasize, breaking that routine, because we are creatures of habit and it's so easy just to get into a rut and, you know, we can kind of get stuck there and we need to just realize that it's just small things that can make a big difference you know, for my husband and I, we both try to enter one another's worlds, serving in ministry together, um, doing hobbies together, offers us more time to experience life together. But we're also very cuddly. And sometimes people kind of get grossed out about it. But <laughs> in church, at home, everywhere, our hearts are very closely knit together. Um, but still, there are those times when we need to have in place intentional times of working on staying connected. And that's why we have, you know, a date night, but there's times where we have to miss that. But why do you think connection is something we need to work on? What is it in us that causes us to drift? Man, we have to work on connection because we're, I mean, look at, look at the world today. We are, what we're experiencing today is so many Um, relationships are breaking down, either ending in divorce, but um, also couples, you know, are living together married, but they're unhappy. Uh, So they're, you know, in homes, they have children possibly, and children are in these homes with parents who don't like each other, you know, who are modeling, um, possibly just putting up with another. And so it's so important, obviously, because that's not how we were created. We were created for connection. We were created to experience intimate relationship with people and to thrive in those relationships. And so it's obviously, I mean, it's, it's so important and it's generational that we, um, you know, the effect that our marriage will have on our kids on our grandkids and so on. And so it's, it's hugely important, but I think the reason um, for the drift is um, I mean, 
we, we just get caught up in our laziness, really. I think the enemy is really using a lot of mundane, um, easy, quick fixes uh, for relationship before our own souls versus actually putting in the intentional work again to stay connect- connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see so much of, you know, I see this in myself, just it's easier. I think of it as food. Oftentimes I relate our relationships to food and how we eat. And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to get something through, you know, at McDonald's, like it's so easy and it's fast and I didn't have to make it, you know, versus making something healthy. It it takes, the result is very different. If I go to McDonald's or if I make a healthy meal, Um, the result is so different yet in order to get healthy, I have to actually put in the work. It's always worked to become healthier. And so it's good for us to recognize that, but then we have to actually want it badly enough to make that change. And um, so laziness and it's just busyness and we just quick fixes are so much easier just to lay in bed on our phone and not put them away and really face each other and go into those hard places of our souls and talk about what maybe isn't being met. And that's hard and that takes work. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes we just don't want to. And so, you know, those are all reasons why we're just not truly thriving in relationship. It's just easier not to go into those places sometimes. Well, so true, Amanda. And I think a lot of times the bottom line is our flesh is lazy our flesh doesn't have to work for anything. It wants what it wants when it wants it. And so we just want everything to be perfect. We want our spouse to adore us. We want everything in life to be perfect without having to work for it. <laughs> and so I think putting to death our flesh, and as we talked about earlier, practicing and walking in discipline means I'm going to recognize when my flesh is not leading me down a right path, which is really all the time, (laughs) and put it to death and say, no, I'm going to choose in this moment to get out of bed and to rise up and do something to bless my husband or my family. It's something, it's really a choice, you know, and and God made us for relationship, ultimately to connect with him first so we can rightly connect with one another. And I, I noticed in your book that you consistently are inviting us to first connect with God and then our spouse, because before we connect with our spouse, if we haven't connected with God, they're not going to get the best us. <laughs> and Amanda, what, what do you recommend to wives who have worked to connect with their husbands, but feel their efforts are not bearing the fruit that they want to see? Hmm. I guess I would first actually challenge them and invite them to consider, you know, is my heart in the right posture? Is, do I have the right motive here? You know, because I think, you know, it's a, it's it's even a quick fix to just get from our husband what we should be getting from God. And so I would first invite them to consider, you know, am I truly going to God for mm-hmm. my needs and for my desires? Am I, do I have a thriving, intimate relation, personal relationship with God? And If the answer is yes, um, then that is awesome. And if you're then trying to initiate connection with your husband and they are not um, responsive, 
I would then ask if you've been praying about it. And I don't want to just, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that like, oh, just tell me to pray about it and everything will be fine. I, I really am, you know, oftentimes we don't just intentionally pray for our husbands. Um, so I would invite you to specifically pray for their hearts to be softened and turned toward you and for his love to be renewed or her love to be renewed back for you. Um, and then I would honestly just uh, challenge you to uh, get connected to a local church if you aren't already and just to be surrounded with and challenged by a community of believers in whatever that looks like, wherever you live. If that's a small group, awesome. Um, just just dive in um, and be growing your own faith because we cannot change people. We cannot play the Holy Spirit. So we have to stand and believe for our spouse um, that that the Lord will change them. Um, but we need help and we need uh, people to surround us and stand with us in that time of waiting. Um, but we can't change people and it's really hard and it would be really nice if we could, <laughs> but we can't. So uh, I would just say dig into a community of believers where you can really be surrounded with that encouragement um, and that, that you, unite, uh, you just united prayer um, so that other people are uh, joining you in that belief and that um, just, just that your husband will come back to you and want to have that connection with you. That's good. You know, um, a lot of times when I think about wanting to have a better connection, we can kind of be on the defensive and really being on the offensive and seeing what is it that's inhibiting that. You know, being willing to examine that can then help us to be wise and understanding and to kind of circumvent those things. You know, I think sometimes our wounded pride, uh, expectations, can cause a disconnection we can feel with our husband. But when we expect a human being to completely fulfill us, we will be disappointed. The enemy then seeks to divide us. And while we can pragmatically know this, we forget that he uses the same tactics to pit flesh against flesh. But the real enemy is not our spouse and the battle is a spiritual one. You discuss some things in your book about things that destroy connection. Can you share on this? What destroys connection in our relationships? We are busier now than we ever have been. We have, our schedules are so packed full. Uh, we have feel pressure to be doing all the things for all the people all the time. And so we oftentimes, you know, I'm challenged by this, that we oftentimes serve the people outside of our homes better than the people inside of our homes. So, mm. you know, we want to be, and it's, it's really with good intention. We want to be helping the kids' soccer team and we want to be, you know, involved with the church thing. And we want to help with that and that and be present for that and in all the places and da, 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 da. Um, but at, at the expense of our own homes, you know, and our own marriages and our, our own family relationship and dynamic. And so busyness and our time and schedules destroy connection. You mentioned expectations. We have these high expectations uh, with the culture flooding our minds with what our marriage should be and what other spouses are doing for their spouse. And, you know, just, oh, it is so ugly. And so we have high expectations for and unrealistic expectations for our spouse that they just can't live up to. Um, and again, we're lazy. 
we're just not putting in the work admittedly you know we're just not it's easier to just stay complacent sometimes and our priorities are off too we're you know we're thriving in our workplace yet our marriage is failing uh there's a problem with that you know um so we're just our priorities are off and it's easier again to sometimes thrive outside of the home than it is to actually put in the work inside of our home. Very true. And, you know, I think what I desire, even in this podcast to kind of take this apart because people can hear things like connect with your husband, do this. And it's just buzzwords. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to give them practical ways to do that. You know, taking this word connection apart, another important aspect of connection is our response so often we can think the other person has to initiate connection, but whoever initiates a connection does not matter. And I love that you mentioned that in your book as well. Ultimately, our response either kills the connection or draws us nearer to the other person. Giving grace is also an invitation to keep the connection positive. Amanda, your book mentions that we have the power to respond like Christ in situations. What are some positive ways that wives can respond when they are upset. Is there a protocol that you can recommend? Well, I love our book for that reason. We really reflect and examine and we dig into how Jesus himself did this. How did he respond? How did he create connection? Uh, And so we learn from him what that really looks like. Um, So, but a very practical a tool that we can practice is just simply to pause, to pray, and then to process. Uh, it is so easy to respond. I'm a very colorful person, okay? So I show all the colors, and <laughs> I, uh, I am very emotionally reactive. And so for myself, this has been so helpful for me to not just simply, I'm also a very verbal person. So I communicate, I verbally process and I want, I also like to address conflict when it occurs and not wait and to have to wait makes me uncomfortable. So anyway, you put all that together and my just pray for my husband. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so for myself, I really had to practice pausing and asking God then, Uh, to reveal to me what he's trying to teach me through this. Because if, when I'm upset, you know, again, if I just spew off anything that I'm feeling, that does not end well. So when I practice the pause and then asking God uh, to reveal what's going on in my heart, what is he trying to teach me? Even if, even if my husband is wrong and I believe he's wrong and I know I'm right and I can't believe he just did that or said that or whatever, even if that's the case, I still need to ask God, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? Like, what are you trying to teach me? So pause, pray, and then process. And sometimes processing, you know, does not have to happen right away. Maybe sometimes processing takes, you know, a day. But um, really just giving that time 
and talk, giving us time to settle in and process or our husbands to our wives to, uh, just think about it. And maybe for each of us, that's different, but time and then to talk. Um, sometimes we are able to talk with our spouse about it. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we just need to talk more with God. Sometimes we need to talk to a counselor about it, but, um, just that's a really practical thing to do is to pause, pray and process what, whatever's going on. Beautiful. Pause, pray, and process. I think as a wife, it is important to not expect perfection from your husband. You know, they will make mistakes too. Our spouses know us better than anyone, the good, bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Sometimes this can hurt our connection when lovers become critical of one another's flaws. I know my husband and I will joke uh, at times when we both see one another kind of being in the flesh and being irritated, but it's such a good reminder. We try to point one another to Christ and let's not uh, let one another um, take the detour detour of bitterness. So Amanda, how can we create an environment where we are co-heirs of the gift of life, we hold one another accountable, but we don't parent one another? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to parent. It is so easy, at least for women, typically. And and men, if you're listening, you're probably like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it is because we want all the things to be just so and just right. And so we oftentimes forget that we are not, in fact, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, but it is so beautiful. I think when the problem with this situation, this question is such a good question, but I think the issue with it is that we have, in order to be able to offer input, and because a beautiful marriage is one that together wants to model Christ, yet we can't model Christ if we are living in sin or if we're living in our flesh, right? Like you said, so Mm -hmm. how do we create a marriage where both people feel safe going to each other and sharing what's on their heart. Um, you know, we all have a customer service desk where if you're just, you know, if you're going to bring a shirt in to return it, you have to bring it to the customer service desk. You have to say there's something wrong here with this shirt. And they then can respond in certain ways, in certain ways in which you feel like, oh, this is a really great store, or I'm never coming back here again. You know, they can say like, well, I'm sorry, you bought the wrong shirt. Well, no, I didn't buy the right wrong shirt. The shirt, there's a problem with the shirt. There's a, there's a hole in it. It's uneven or whatever the problem is. Well, no, there's, there's not a problem here. You need to bring that. We're not taking that shirt back. It's you have a problem with the shirt. The shirt is fine, you know, or we can say, Hey, there's a problem with this shirt. And they can say, thank you so much for bringing this shirt in. I really appreciate that. I didn't know that there was a problem with the shirt. I Thank you. Now I do. Now I can fix the problem. I can help be a part of the solution. Do you know what I mean? So we each have the customer a customer service desk within us. And how do we create an environment in which it's safe to even approach the customer service desk? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. So I think... I think we each have to really come together as a couple and talk about this and say like, man, I recognize that I, and the the ability to be humble and say, I suck at this. I have not allowed you to freely air to me what is on your heart. 
And because I haven't allowed you to freely do that, we have not been fully connected. We are not living in a thriving marriage. And I don't like that about myself. And I have not responded well to you in the past. And I want to change that. And so I, you know, inviting, first off, inviting the other person to, to, to just bring anything to you is so helpful. And I think that creates that environment where, okay, this is maybe what we could do from here on out. Maybe we can tell each other, you know, I'm seeing that you're being prideful, you know, in this area. Um, or I'm seeing that you were really selfish in how you responded to your mom or whatever that the case is. If we're, if we're really, truly, if we have a motive of, I love you so much that I want you to model Christ more, not for my, for like, like a selfish motive or reason, but because I love you so much that I want, when I, when you meet Christ, I want you to be the best version uh, that you possibly can be. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm held responsible for this. I have a part to play to help you get there and vice versa. It goes both ways. And so how can we best do that? I think it really, um, we ask a lot of questions. Um, we check our hearts to make sure it's not a selfish change that we're wanting to truly, um, you know, I see this in you and let's talk about it. Do you want to talk? Is it okay that we talk about it? Um, and just inviting that correspondence, but also just being mindful. Hey, this is not maybe the best time. You know, um, if I get home from work, I'm stressed out. I've had a hard day or something happened. And, um, I, I maybe snap at my husband or one of my kiddos. And then, um, if my husband were in that moment to say, Amanda, you know, that was really disrespectful. Um, in that moment, I might not, be in a place where I can receive that. So being mindful of the person, the situation, the timing, you know, later that night coming to me and saying, Amanda, how you spoke to our daughter or me or whatever, um, that was really disrespectful. Like, oh yes, I'm just, I've had a bad day. It's no excuse. I need to go and make it right. Or I need to say, you know, I need to apologize right now to you. You know, um, just being mindful and giving grace, man, it goes so far. Um, But yeah, we can really examine how Christ lived. And through that, we can learn to respond the same way. Amen. So good, Amanda. You know, I think a few words come to mind just hearing you talk about that humility, you know, being able to humble ourselves um, and the word offense, you know, uh, it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. But we see so often today, even in the body of Christ, people being easily offended because we take things personally. And I love how you were talking about we're not the Holy Spirit because ultimately, you know, we have been given so much grace and and yet we are sometimes the last ones to extend it to others. And so it's such a reminder to me that when we see someone who's struggling in the flesh, we recognize that first we need to examine ourselves and not respond and be offended to their moment of fleshliness, but to pray for them. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I've seen God move in huge ways in my marriage, you know, and my husband, I'm sure for me too, he, just what you were just sharing that example, my husband had to correct me a little over a week ago about how I spoke to one of my children. And it wasn't even that it was um, sinful in how I spoke, but what it was, was the tone, Mm. you know, and, and he just said, you know, no, you know, you're, you're better than that. And, and so it's humbling, but you're grateful that someone loves you enough 
you know, to come share that. And, and it changed me. I said, okay, well, you know, because he handled it in a good way. He didn't just right in the middle, you know, start going off on me because <laughs> that wouldn't help either. I think sometimes we can make excuses and feel justified to respond in the flesh when we are hurt. But when God has given us so much grace ourselves, we are called to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And it is possible. We truly do have a choice, even in the heat of the moment. If our goal is being right, we miss the point. But if it is restoration and healing, we can be the biggest blessing to our husband. And this is when we truly demonstrate the love God intended in marriage. Keeping our love on, even and especially when we are hurt, is a witness to the world. Amanda, I think if we all could see the beautiful fruit that would be found in our marriage if we responded in the Spirit, then we would build the connection with our spouse through forgiveness and grace every time. Yeah, there's so much fruit, even if it's personal fruit and not relational fruit with our spouse that we experience when we truly choose um, the path that he has for us. It is so much more work, though, (laughs) to Yes. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Well, it has been a joy discussing the connection we have in our marriage that we can have and what detracts from and what builds that connection. Leave a comment to be entered to receive a free copy of Dear Wife. Next week, we will look at our husband's true need as we continue our conversation with Amanda Davison. The raw truth is that no one else is to blame for our lack of connection in our marriage. The radical grace is even when we feel disconnected, God's grace is enough for us to reconnect with our husband. And the real hope is the same God who gave us the gift of marriage and relationship will also enable us to thrive in our marriages. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 